lovers. Happy Monday. Happy sexy sex at work Monday. We have an incredible filmmaker slash sex worker today. And I will just say, since we recorded this episode about three weeks ago, I feel more in love with myself. And as I was listening back, I can see that I already feel way differently today than I did when we recorded about owning the label of sexual artist for myself. Our guest today is a sex worker and a filmmaker. Welcome Jackie Ray of High Creatives. Hey everyone, thank you so much for having me today. I'm super excited to have this conversation with you. Can you start off by telling us your sex at work origin story? Like what is your work actually like and what led you to this sex-related career? Well, it all really started as self-empowerment, finding myself, exploring who I am, my sexuality, my desires as, you know, a brown fat woman, a chubby woman growing up, just like in this body where I was taught to hate myself, to hate my body, to not explore it sexually because the desires of men were not going to find me attractive. I was just not going to fit into that mold. So I lived most of my life just hating myself up until I would say about five years ago. I quit my full-time job that I felt was also putting like this pressure on who I am and who I wanted to be and just added on to this self-hatred. I didn't think that I was going to grow from it. You know, I just thought that this was who I was going to be. And so I quit my job. My background's in photography. I went to art school for photography. When I was in school, a lot of my work was based off of my culture and getting to know this part of myself that I also suppressed for so long because I hated not only my skin, but like my background. I hated being Latinx. I hated speaking Spanish. It was so much about me that I hated. And it all was not only my family, but society, you know, growing up, being raised by immigrant family who didn't speak any English either, who were just trying their best. And like, I just felt lost. I mean, I was just living life. So I quit my job. I picked up my camera again, and I used it as a form of growth, of finding myself. That's where it started. And it all kind of had these steps of getting out of my shyness, out of being so afraid to talk to people, of hiding behind that, like, I'm just not interested. I don't, I don't like people, you know, like, I just want to be by myself. But I think that that was definitely me just trying to keep myself from exploring me. So when I started shooting again, you know, I was socializing, I was meeting so many amazing people and they've all just helped me grow and become who I am now. And so it was, you know, socializing and getting out of my comfort zones of speaking and talking to people and making friends to, okay, now I want to explore my body. I want to see it naked. I want to feel comfortable looking at myself nude. And then it got to my sexuality and my experiences in sex were also so limited growing up. So I just wanted to reclaim that. I wanted to take myself and love me and grow and, you know, be the person that I always wanted to be, but was so afraid to get there. And sex work really took me there, explore myself, my ability to say no to people, to really put all this control on me. And that's what I love about sex work. I'm in control. I am my business. My body is my work. And I'm in love with it. I'm in love with what I do. I love working with other sex workers. I love connecting with, you know, what we do and what we experience and, you know, this business that we can make from ourselves. I love it. It's been an awesome experience. I've only been shooting films. It's going to be about four years now. Okay. 
I don't see myself stopping. I fell in love with it. I love making connections. I love creating like these really like weird, colorful films that make other people inspired or feel something. And even though it's not always, oh, like it turns me on. And I think that that's, you know, what I like about what I do also, that you can watch my films and you're watching it like, you know, like you're watching this visual that's not necessarily for you to get turned on by it or sexualize it in a way, even though what is happening is sexual. But to me, I just want to normalize sex. And I love talking about sex freely just because it's just part of our lives. That's awesome. So when you were getting into things, were you like, all right, I'm quitting my job. I'm going to go be a sex worker. Like, did you have a clear idea or was it one of those things that kind of unfolded? Because like I started taking naked pictures of myself also five years ago. Also, when I realized like, oh, I'm in hate with myself. And it was initially because I had just shaved my head and was exploring my body. And then someone told me I was a sex worker for selling nudes. And then I was like, oh, I should do more. And so, you know, I'm in the midst of this evolution. And I just yesterday filmed my first like masturbation video because I interviewed Cindy Gallup from Make Love Not Porn. And I was like, maybe I'll put something up there. And now I'm feeling really shy. And I'm like, oh, that's so interesting because I'm like, I agree with everything you said. And I like love sex and I love talking about sex. And I'm not that shy about my own body. But can you share with us like the internal pieces? Like, was it hard for you to be like, I'm doing this now? Or was it just like one day you were on to the next step? It was never like, oh, I'm going to become a sex worker. Okay. as I started doing what I'm doing, as I started shooting, it all, it just made sense to me. Mm. Like when folks started, you know, reaching out, wanting to buy personal content, you know, do like in-person meets, it all just clicked that this feels right. You know, this feels good. Yeah, this is a good place where I want to be. And it makes me happy to be me. Like the control that I feel does nothing provides that to me, you know? But just like taking control of my body and knowing exactly what I'm doing and doing it for myself. That's so cool. And for our listeners who are not familiar with your content, can you tell us specifically kind of like what your, we heard very colorful, but like, what are you most interested in exploring? Or is it just completely different? It's super completely different. It's also super personal. I use a lot of food and then that just takes it back to my insecurities with food and being told what I can and cannot enjoy to eat like it's going to make me gain weight or, you know, it's not healthy for me or whatever. So I really like exploring that into my films and combining sex with food in like this very colorful, messy. I think that life in general is a little messy. You know, I like just showing that in what I do. But yeah, I mean, it's all super different. Like I'm also super into horror movies. So I like bringing that in. So just the things that I like, things that I enjoy. That's so cool. And then food wise, is it related to the kink around feeding or is it just like kind of part of the sensual experience for you? Like, how do you frame it psychologically? Definitely the sensual feeling of food, not so much the fetish of being fed food while you're having sex, but more of just like, I like the food all over, like just mass all over the face, the body, the actual like feeding is very minimal. I think to me, it's more of like, covering yourself in this food that for so long, like I was afraid to actually like put into my body because of all this trauma. Now it's like part of the outer part of our body, you know? So yeah, it's more feeling than like, oh, the kink of being fed food. That's so cool. And then can you just tell us a couple favorite foods or horror things or just a couple favorite things that you've done just to give a specific example? 
I love using ice cream. Obviously, like it melts, it creates this liquid. That's really nice to see. I'm also a huge fan of wings. And a lot of my followers know I love buffalo wings. I brought that into a shoot as well that involved the buffalo sauce and the wings. Yeah, and candy. To this day, I don't eat candy because it was one of the things that you know, just for so long was like, it has so much sugar, like you shouldn't eat that. Like, it's just gonna make you gain so much weight. I just never like enjoyed candy. And to this day, I think that just because so long of not having candy, I don't actually like eat it. But I love using it in my films. Like I love that sweetness, you know, that just like feeling of being a kid and wanting candy and being an adult and wanting candy, just really just bringing it into sex. You know, I think it's just one of our desires as well. (laughs) Absolutely. And I'm getting so inspired as I hear you talk because over the summer, so I got vaccinated and then I got COVID and I'm like, oh, I get sick really easily. And I got Basically, I had like a handful of chocolate covered almonds and my body is very sensitive to sugar. So now I don't eat sugar at all. So as I'm hearing you talk, I'm like, I could still play with sugary things this way. You know, like that's so cool. You know, like these are things that I don't feel that I want to remove from my life just because, you know, I have like this thing in the back of my head telling me that I shouldn't enjoy them, even though like I physically don't eat candy there's still these things that brought so much pain and trauma and fear to me, you know, that now I like bringing them into a space of happiness and just enjoyment and desire. That's awesome. Okay. So now I would like to hear what are like the sexiest parts of the work that you do? And then what are the least sexy parts? And can you start off by telling us your definition of sexy? Yeah. I mean, I think sexy is super hard to define just in general. Personally, I would say confidence. I think sexiness is in all of us. It's just something that we have to feel and actually believe that we are. I would define it as a sense of confidence and knowing of yourself. And the way that people talk to me about my work and when they see it, there's just so many ways people can see it, right? And sexy is one of the words that people use when they talk about my work. And I never think like, oh, I'm going to make something sexy. Yeah think like I'm just going to make something that makes me feel alive and good, you know, that I'm proud of. That is sexy. Finding yourself and being happy with where you are in life, that to me is sexy. And it doesn't need to be coming from another person telling you that you're sexy. It's really just you believing that you are sexy. So I think that the work that I do is sexy because it's coming from a place of confidence, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't say that it's not sexy in any way. So here's the thing. When you're like emailing other sex workers to work with, is that fun? Or like when you're editing or like uploading stuff, like, are you ever like, ah, fuck this part? Or is it just like all like part of the larger creative experience? Definitely part of the larger experience. Definitely like you bringing up emailing people to work with and stuff. It's really cool. Like everything and everyone that I've worked with has came from Instagram. And it's all via DMs. And I used to have an application on my website where people were able to fill out if they wanted to be part of my films. And then I would reach them and such. And that just kind of became super overwhelming. It's really just me. I do everything, creating, doing the sets, shooting, editing, all of that. So at first, yes, I enjoyed it. I love reaching out to people. Now it's become probably my least favorite part only because of scheduling, having to schedule everything and everyone. And sometimes people bail 
and cancel on me. And it became one of the least sexiest things. Totally. I can really relate to that. But as far as actually shooting it and editing it, you know, to me, it, it is all a little bit sexy, most definitely. Like even me editing it, I'm looking through all the footage. I'm putting together what feels right from one scene to another. And that's pretty sexy for sure. How do you hope that your work is making the world a sexier place? Again, like I mentioned, to me, sexy is within, but obviously that's not the world that we live in. And I think that other people's perspective on someone being sexy is, it's like what I feel most people hope to hear, right? Have someone else tell you that you're sexy rather than yourself telling you that you're sexy. So I think that because of knowing that a lot of it is based off of the thoughts of others is that I like using just different bodies and different people in general, because I know that there's going to be people out in the world who aren't there yet openly and who look at my work and say like, wait a second, this is fucking sexy. And it's not because they're looking at this person walk down the street or something and they're like, oh, I don't really find that person attractive. Oh, I don't think that person's hot. Like whatever you think that you're not attractive to. I like the idea of someone having that change of being like, holy shit, I saw like this thing on the high creative site. And like, I think that this is really hot. Your idea of what you find attractive or what you find sexy can change. You're like expanding the definition. It feels very much like an invitation. This is how you mentioned like the kink of feeding. You know, there's so much fetishizing of fat people, you know, that I think that when it comes to sex, like the only way of finding fat people attractive is to fetishize them and putting them into like the BBW or there's going to be a skinny person feeding a fat person. And that's going to be like the fetish. Right. And so like, I want to change all of that. I don't want anyone to be fetishized because of being fat or you know queer or being brown and being like oh two latinas fuck you know like the way that porn categorizes both by who they are what they look like etc it sounds like there's so much of your personal self in your work which brings me to my next question have you noticed a connection between your creative and sexual self since you started doing this work yeah i mean i think that when I'm behind the camera, I know exactly what I want to shoot, right? So I'm in my creative brain of like, this is visually what I want to see when I'm filming it. In my personal life, I think as a sex worker, you know, I never learned how to shoot myself because I just didn't like how I looked on the other side of the camera. So now flipping it and shooting myself has become like this thing that I love to do. Like, I love being able to mix the creative side of me that's behind the camera than when I'm in front of it. And I think that is basically one of the things that I learned to do while doing the work that I do is not separating myself from what I'm shooting, but literally connecting myself because it is me. Yeah, I'm the creator. And when I'm selling my own personal content and I'm shooting my own content, I'm shooting my body. I definitely bring in that creative element to what I'm shooting for myself. It just took so much time for me to believe that I am beautiful and that I walk on the other side of the camera as well, not just behind the camera. Wow. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. If you are listening to this, you are probably like me and you love sex. And you also know that fantastic sex takes more than just a boner. But if that's all that's missing in your connection with your partner, check out bluechew.com. 
Bluetu is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. You know, that's my favorite. The process is simple. Sign up at Bluetooth.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with the awkwardness that exists because physicians are not often given great guidance about how to talk about sensitive personal things like bone or softness, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. With Bluetooth, penis owners everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package has arrived, your package has arrived. And you know I love a good package. And I have to say, am I allowed to say this? It was very hot when I had a partner who I already had a good, trusting, open relationship. He'd been working on his anxiety, cutting down on screens, meditating, he quit smoking, he started exercising regular, cutting out processed foods, all of that stuff. He was just of a certain age, and I'll just say, the night that he told me he was making his package arrive, it was a very super hot extra layer of turn-on for me personally. So if it's for you, this is a super convenient resource. Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com, chew it, and do it, and we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. So when it comes to working with other human beings, how do you handle the communication, especially when it comes to working with other sex workers? Like, how do you talk about it? We just talk about it like any other normal conversation. I think it has been super beautiful to connect with other sex workers and folks who want to be sex workers and they apply or want to be in one of my films as like their first step to take to launch their careers as individual sex workers. And I think that I've enjoyed that a lot, just working with so many different people. Like I've worked with sex workers who have, you know, been within their careers for so many years. And like I mentioned now, there's folks who are just starting out, but who want to be part of this career. And working with me is like that first step that they take. And I think it's because it's super nonchalant. Like I like keeping a very like chill set. I like asking questions. It's a lot of like, hey, is this okay? You know, it's not just like we're shooting this and this is what has to get done. Like if you want to stop and you're not comfortable and you need to leave, that's okay. Like literally just open to people changing their minds, open to so many things. Like I just have this understanding that people are human beings and they can change their minds and that's totally okay. And I need to be open with that. And I love being open with that. And I love people being themselves and telling me that they're comfortable telling me that, Hey, like I'm not too comfortable doing that. Like all of this is spoken to prior to the day of the shoot. But if the day of the shoot, something happens, And, you know, someone's on their period, their period just came that morning and still show up to set. And they're like, Hey, I have my period. So, you know, I'm not too comfortable with like penetration. No worries. You know, like totally cool. I'll change it up. Like, you know, I'm there like constantly in this train of thought of like creative and like bringing these ideas and like working around what I have. And I think that's just with life in general, like just things can happen. And I love change and I love adapting to whatever gets thrown my way. So yeah, I think that that's definitely why I enjoy what I do just because every day is different. That's awesome. Do you talk with them ahead of time about what the scene is going to be? Like how much discussion or kind of co-creation is there? Or is it more like, hey, here's what I'm thinking. Do you want to be a part of it? 
well, usually the way that it has come across now, it's like, I have these ideas of what I want to shoot and I'll just post on my Instagram, like, Hey, looking for so-and-so for this film. And then, you know, people reply. And when I decided on the folks I'm going to hire to be part of the shoot, I will run through basically the whole train of thought of what I'm thinking. So they're aware of just how the day is going to go during shooting. The day of the shoot, before we start, I also walk them through what I'm envisioning again, once the two partners are there together, we are doing like group chats. So I, you know, I really want everyone to, you know, just get to know each other and, you know, be ready for the day of. And again, the day of when it happens, I walk them through the way the shoot's going to go or what I have envisioned, like, okay, we'll do doggy style. And then I'll have you go on top, you know, all these things, like I'm there communicating as we're shooting. That's awesome. So you identify as a sex worker. How do you define sex worker? It's just such a big topic, you know, and I think that every sex worker defines their own sex worker career differently. And I think that for me, it's just another job that I'm doing. It's my business. It's a woman owned business. And that's how I see it. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Was there a day or a moment where you felt like you owned sex worker? Because I don't think I'm there. Like someone was like, you sell nudes. People get off on those. Of course, you're a sex worker. And I'm like, hmm. I need to earn it. You know, like there's some part of me that doesn't feel like I've arrived yet. Was there a moment where you were like, yeah, I'm a fucking sex worker? I don't know. That's a little hard. I think that like, it's definitely been more recent for me just because aside from like my inner fight with labels and categories and things like that, I never want to put myself in a category because to me, like I can wake up tomorrow and then I can want to do something else. That's why it's really hard for me to just put myself into one thing because I just, I love change and I love being free to one day decide that I'm going to do something else. And that freedom of self, you know, made it so hard for me to say, yes, I'm a sex worker. Mm -hmm. But I think as I started doing it more, and as I started getting more clientele, like more personal clientele, I was like, fuck it. You know, that's what I do. I'm a sex worker. Right. In your time doing this work over the last five years, what have you learned about social and cultural norms that has surprised you? I'm always being surprised. I think like I see like a lot of the people that I'm around and a lot of people that I follow are like sex worker positive and, you know, are like, yes to sex work. But there are moments where I, you know, hang out with someone who is not within that lifestyle. And I hear their conversations and I hear like, things that are being said outside of my community about my community that makes me feel like I'm so far away from getting to the point where I that I've been feeling like like every day I'm like yes like you know there's so many like amazing queer folks that I follow like they're pro-sex work and I feel so happy and then I go outside to society and, and it's like oh fuck like we're so far away still you know these terms that are used to make women feel less than like are still being used daily. You know, the idea of a woman selling or having sex for money, like it's still so crazy that people still don't understand that whatever job that you have, you are selling your body for money. Doesn't matter what career you're in, like we are all selling our body for money. Absolutely. And so when I feel like, yay, we're getting somewhere, something outside in the world reminds me like, oh, no, like the laws are still against sex workers. Like 
it's still something that makes me feel fear slightly, even though on the internet or online or the community that I follow, like it feels so like, yay. But I don't know. I think that we still have a long way to go. Mm, yeah. I was listening to an interview with Alice Little, who is a courtesan at the Bunny Ranch and makes a fuck ton of money working at a brothel. And she said, you know, what people don't understand is that like getting married can be some of the most expensive free sex you ever purchase. <laughs> you know, just kind of the idea of like, oh, you're going to pay some way or another. So back to the cultural norms, you touched on a couple of things that it sounds like maybe you would like to shift. But what do you personally aspire to shift with the work that you do? You know, I love being open about myself on Instagram. And I love that my followers are super interactive with me. And I think that I like that. And I think that the more I share me and what I do, like the more other people connect. I'm just like this nerdy person who does sex work, who was brought up by an immigrant family. Like, and I think there's so many of me in the world of folks who come from this very like strict household and who, you know, were taught by society that they should hate their bodies, that we should care about what men think. And literally like all I want to do personally is show other folks that none of that shit matters and we can just be ourselves and be like super happy. And obviously not every day is happy, right? I mean, we're human beings. And I think that that's also what I like bringing in like, one day I'm fucking sad and depressed and I feel hideous and you know that's okay because I'm a human being and I want to be able to relate that with other people. Lovers we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor and they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice so I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires, and find like-minded people. This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities, all thanks to Fleur. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories, so they downloaded Fleur and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Fleur's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Floor App celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Floor invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Floor now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. And then aside from the community that you've developed that sounds really amazing, what else do you love about social and cultural norms that you've noticed during your time doing this work? I still think that there's just so much to learn still. Yeah. When I watch TV or, you know, when I watch a show that's like popular, as much as I love seeing the queer folks on television and like people exploring, there's so many people in the world, not just like cis folks that are on TV for many years and have been for many years, 
but there's just still like I wish sex was one of those topics that we can normalize a little bit more like it just saddens me again when I go outside and you know people are still using these very like archaic insults to me it's like I thought we were past that like I thought that we would be able to have a conversation about sex or like you know, when you're a teenager, you can ask your friend about sex. And for me, like when I was a teenager, I definitely liked having sex with multiple folks. And when I told, you know, my friend about it, I was immediately treated differently. I think that that's still happening though today. My nieces are now in high school and I wish that sex was one of the topics that they were more comfortable talking amongst themselves. A community is so important. So I feel like even when you're a teenager, like having a community that you can talk to about the things that you're going through, the questions that you have is super important. And it's really sad when the conversations that are happening between teenagers is still super archaic. Like, yes, the thought of sexuality is more broad, but sex is still kept in the dark. I want to see a future where, you know, sex workers are like, yes, I'm a sex worker and I feel safe. And I think that that kind of trickles down to when you're a kid, when you're growing up as a teenager, when you're in college, it's a career, right? So like when you're off to college and you're thinking, I want to be a doctor, someone can be like, I want to be a sex worker. But where's like the education that's going to get you to succeed as a sex worker? You have to make it up as you go along. Well, so here's a question in that vein then. How is it being on Instagram, this worldwide social place where they don't let you have those open conversations? And how do we get younger generations to have open conversations when these like overarching social rules are that like you can't talk about sexuality, you can't be naked? How do you handle that? Because it sounds like you are very active on Instagram. I get taken down a lot and I think I'm mild. Honestly, like I've gotten so many accounts deleted. This is this account. My first account was literally like when I lost it, it was a heartbreak. I had tons of followers. I just put so much time into it. And like, as I kept getting other accounts deleted, it's a fight that I can't win, you know, so I just have to work around it. So Mm. I post less on my feed and more on my story. And so far that's worked. My stories hardly ever get taken down. But if I post something on my feed, it'll get taken down. Interesting. But if I talk, like I like having conversations with my followers within my stories. And I think that that's the way that I've been able to connect with folks more than just on my feed. And I also think that that's what keeps the followers interactive. Like they can reply to my stories and it's more of like a one-on-one personal talk than like, oh, I'm just going to comment on your feed or something, you know? So I definitely appreciate that. But no, I feel you like I've had this battle with the internet for years. I had all my films prior to starting my website. I had them on Vimeo and then those were all like white out. So I had to hire a web builder to build my site that can basically have my films on there. You know, and that's what I'm saying. It's so hard because I'm not trying to show kids or teenagers like here's porn in your face. I know that there's things that are age appropriate and things like that, of course. But the education to me is super important. Yes. You know, and I think that that's why in my stories, like I just try to be as personable as I can be, like just remembering things that I was told when I was a teenager, like recently I had brought up, well, not recently, but I brought up this story about when I was a kid and I, you know, I had a bush and we urinate, you know, I wiped the tissue paper, got stuck in my pubic hair as I was being intimate with my boyfriend at that time. 
he was like, ew, what is this? And it was just like the clumps of toilet paper. So, you know, I like bringing those stories up to my followers because hundreds of people were like, I've experienced that. Like I was shamed for it. Like I was told it was disgusting, like all of these things. And I just like being open about it because this like shame that gets brought to you by these like little things that are minimal in your life, but you don't know how big they are in a personal level. Absolutely. And so, you know, I just like touching little topics like that, that can possibly help someone out in the world. I think that's amazing and also very necessary for people bringing out these shame pieces because it can't stay super shamey and crinkly once you bring it out into the light. Like it can only last for so long when you're having conversation around it. What shifts have you noticed inside of yourself since you started this work? I'm super proud of my growth. Like I think about myself five years ago, six years ago, and it's like I fell in love with myself and I didn't think that that was ever going to be possible. Like I couldn't even cry about it. Like just thinking about this person who I was a couple years ago to who I am now. It's a shift that I see, that my partners see, that my family sees. And they're like, yo, like, where were you? I was literally just hiding. I didn't know that that's where I belong, just hiding. Like, I didn't have a voice. No one was ever going to care what I had to say. Like, it was me, you know? This is what I thought for so many years. And, you know, now it's like, I love all the followers that I have, all the people that interact with me. But I love the person that came out of me through this journey of what I do. Fuck yeah. I just feel more confident. Like I could walk down the street and I just, I don't care what people are going to say about me. Like these are all things that, you know, cause so much fear and like turn me into like this really dark person that I just thought that was going to be me. And that was it. Mm. It's completely changed. I'm so happy. And I didn't think that it was ever going to happen. And I don't think it would have happened if it wasn't for sex work. Yeah. Does your family know? Yeah, they know. Fuck yeah. How was that? You know, I thought I was going to be more shy about telling them than I was, but my family is super open-minded. Like they always have been since I was little, like as far as what we do, like what my sisters did, this shame that I felt, this hate that I felt for myself was because of my body, not because of them telling me that I can't do something like as far as a career choice goes. The trauma that my mom caused me for my body and things like that also just made so much sense. Like our family has so much trauma. My mom has trauma that she never was able to deal with. She had kids at a young age, kept having kids. She didn't have the time to step back, to find herself, to get to know herself, to teach herself things that she shouldn't do to her children. And I learned all of that. Like I hated her for so long. I just felt like, why did you cause so much pain? But it got to a point where I see her and I see that she's also in so much pain. She never got the help that she needed to get for herself because she was just so busy living life. And, you know, she had to take care of her kids. She came to America. She had to start over. Like she left a country in the middle of a war. Like there's just so much. Of course, she had to do her best. And, you know, I had to learn that. And so when I started doing sex work, I started having these conversations with her that she didn't want to have, but she appreciated that I was having And now our relationship is so good. And yeah, I mean, she told me stories about my grandma and my grandma before she came to America. She worked at a brothel in El Salvador, and that's how she made her money to come to America. So sex work, my family sees it as another career, you know, something else, cleaning houses, sex work, you know? I do. I do. I do, too. 
just have to keep going, you know, we're making money, we're surviving and, you know, they're totally open about it. Fuck yeah. Also, it sounds like you're just healing some generational wounds if you're into that language. Like it it just sounds really fucking powerful what you're doing. Thank you. I mean, I'm super, super like happy about just how everything has turned out since I started doing what I'm doing now. Yeah, not even just for myself, but having the ability to communicate with my mom, you know, and my family, which is something that I would have never done in the past. What is the silliest shame-related experience that you have encountered through your work? Not anymore, to be honest. I think that there was a time where, like, my tits are, like, super popular, you know, and so I'm just going to, like, sell tit shots for a while, you know, and that's going to do. And then everything else was, like, I might feel a little shame about, like, my whole body or, like, my pussy or, like, a video of me giving head or, you know, and it was just, like, my tits. But it's totally like interior, right? Like it's all like inside of me and I wanted more. I always have to push myself. I love pushing myself. I I get a kick out of it. I get a kick out of me hearing my inner head say no, no, no. And then me telling myself, yes, yes, yes. And like doing it, you know, like I love that. So yeah, I mean, definitely like not anymore. Like I don't feel any shame for like anything that I do. You know, it was it's all internal. Like it's all, it was all in my head. Totally. You don't have to tell us what it is, but is there stuff you haven't tried yet that you're like going to explore in the future? As far as my films go, I've been wanting to do an orgy shoot for so long. Mm. So that's definitely like in my head. Like I want to do that personally. Honestly, no, (laughs) I'm pretty open. Like I feel like I've done a lot when clients ask me things or whatever, like customs or, you know, I feel like I'm pretty open. That's awesome. So yeah, nothing that I'm like, oh, I want to try Yeah, because I feel like I have tried. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Camera wise, in this future possible orgy shoot, do you run all the camera yourself or do you have a camera op? I run the camera myself. You do. So you're like starting the camera and then you go get in the scene or do you just film people? You know, because you're in it too, right? My films? No, I'm the director. You're the director. With the films that I have on my website. It's me shooting other folks. So I'm never in those scenes. Okay. Really just like directing like, hey, can you put your hand there? Can you start sucking their cock here? So I'm literally just like directing. But if it's like my own personal content, then I mean, I have my tripod. I have my setup when I'm shooting myself. Okay. And if you could wave a magic wand and teach everyone in the world something about sex, what would it be? That it's not perfect. I want people to know that it can be awkward as fuck and it's okay. Like when you hook up with someone naturally, there's those awkward moments when you're not so sure, you know, or like when you're about to lean into that kiss or like you're taking off your clothes. I feel that when folks are watching porn, you know, that's just out for the masses to watch, it takes away that realness, that intimacy that I feel like I would like everyone to know that that's okay. You know, that even though it wasn't the best the first time or, you know, something was off the first time, like, and you're like, I don't think I want to do it again. You know, it's just, it's just never perfect. The fun part for me about sex is like the learning, the experimenting, the trying again. Yeah. I mean, if I had a magic wand, I think I would want everyone to know that, you know, it's, it's not perfect and it can be super awkward and, you can leave out of, you know, a moment and feel like, oh, I never want to have sex again. Or like, oh, I didn't like that. Or I don't want to try that again. And it's totally okay. Like, 
obviously if you don't like something it's totally okay that you don't but I also feel that a lot of the times it's just like within ourselves of just like it didn't go perfectly as we planned that first time it makes you kind of a little fearful of trying it again yeah those are moments where I catch myself having like backlash shame of oh man I can't believe it didn't go perfectly like I feel like that's one of my like silly shame experiences especially with new partners in as much detail as you feel comfortable how has your sex-related work affected your personal life? And honestly, I know it can be hard and, you know, not everyone wants to date a sex worker. And I think that it has nothing to do with you as a sex worker, but more so whoever your partner or whoever you are trying to date or whatever. Some folks just do not want to date a sex worker. You yeah. know, it can be like their own self-shame of like what they think being a sex worker is the thought of selling your body right with just so many of these like weird stigmas and I think that definitely hard but when you find someone that understands that what you do is also like any other job that's beautiful like my partner totally understands and I love that like you know there's no shame in our relationship and I love the feeling of it that they make me feel no shame about what I do but yeah can it be hard totally you know because not everyone is there you know, going back to our conversation a few minutes ago, there's just still so much that there's to learn, you know, because people just want to shame, you know, people, they think the worst. And I think that it comes from monogamy, but that's also another conversation. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good thing to notice. And I think bring up in terms of those broader social and cultural norms. Have you found yourself becoming more open-minded about openness since you started the work or were you always pretty open you said you were like liking fucking lots of people from a young age yeah like since I was a teenager like all my sexual experiences as a teenager as a kid like weren't healthy they weren't good for me but they were experiences experiences that you know I learned from and if it weren't for those experiences you know I probably wouldn't be me probably wouldn't think the things that I think but you know they taught me and even though they were not very good experiences I don't regret them and they're a part of my history. As far as like being in a monogamous relationship, like definitely attempted it, tried it. But to me, what feels the most real is not monogamy, you know? And I think that it goes back to like that toxic monogamy is a lot of it is based on the idea of not being able to even think about your partner with another person. And I think that when folks are being shamed for doing sex work, it's because of that, like, how many people are you having sex with? Or Mm. the number count or like how many people have been inside it? Like just so many things that I think stems from like that toxic monogamy, which, you know, makes it hard for sex workers to date. What about your work makes you feel the most hopeful, either for yourself, for the people you work with or for the entire world? I think for myself is really just continuing to grow, to know myself, to inspire other people. Like, I love that. Like, I never thought my work was going to be something that brought inspiration to others or make someone feel a certain way or that it would change someone's life, you know. But every day I get messages that makes me feel otherwise. Mm -hmm. You know, folks that are like, yeah, I broke up with my partner. It was super toxic. And, you know, it was because of you. Or like, I tried this because of you. Like I told my partner, I wanted to try this while we were being intimate, you know, because of you. And like all of that, like, I love that. And 
I hope that that doesn't change within sex work or, you know, like I mentioned the story with the pubic hair and, and the tissue paper, just like very minimal life things. You know, I love connecting with people or that people can connect to a story of mine and they can grow from it. Beautiful. Jackie Ray, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, of course. Thank you again for having me. This was super fun. So amazing. Can you tell us where to find you on the internet? You can find me. My Instagram is highcreativesfilm and my website is highcreatives.com. Yeah, you can go to my site. I have a bunch of free photos that you can look through and short films as well, but you can get a membership, highcreatives.com and you can see all my other very, very sexy films. Fuck yeah. Lovers, that is this week's episode of Sex at Work. Please remember to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts and be a lover who makes the world a sexier place by leaving reviews and comments and thumbs ups and stars wherever you can. That is how we get the algorithm on board with the mission to make the world a sexier, more loving place. And do make sure that you're subscribed and listening to Sex Stories, our flagship podcast. This week's episode is with Master Wolf, a pro and lifestyle dom, and he shares super hot kinky stories and also talks about his conservative upbringing and what happened when his mom found his very BDSM-filled diary. Visit mission69.org or yole.com for my latest sexy artwork, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at sexstoriespod. You can follow me at yole, write to me, or submit sex stories, especially if you have work-related ones, via sexstoriespodcast.com. My question for you this week, would you date a sex worker? Or just fuck one? Why? Why not? Let me know. As always, please take care of yourselves and each other. Thank you for your interest in sex. And remember to share sex stories. Lovely humans, thank you for listening. If you appreciate the work that I put into this podcast, I would love it if you took the time to leave us five stars and a nice review wherever you get your podcast, especially Spotify since last year's troll attack on our ratings is still affecting our ability to be found via search. <laughs> I do love getting to know you and hearing your stories and meeting you lovely humans in real life. And remember, if you want to collaborate, apply to be a guest or leave us a single story voice memo via xstoriespodcast.com or sexstoriespodcast.com. Sex stories are always going to be my favorite, but now I also have question lists for love, friendship, dating, relationships, marriage, divorce, secrets, and so much more so that we can learn about connection through each other's experiences. I fucking love getting your emails and voice memos and receiving thoughtful noodle messages. It truly is hearing from you that fuels this work for me. And if you want to go deeper with me, get to know me, and support this podcast in meaningful, concrete ways, find me on Patreon, OnlyFans, FetLife, Venmo, Cash App, and all social media platforms at Wiley. Or work with me privately for photo and video shoots, relationship support, creative breakthrough sessions, and retreats. Yole.com slash links is where you can find the list of all the ways to play with me, and the link is in the description below. Thank you for joining me to spread ripples of love, to co-create a world where taking care of each other is the norm. Thank you for spoiling and inspiring me with your stories and your support. Please take care of yourselves, take care of each other. And remember to share stories in the name of lovely human connection. Mm -hmm.